Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please feel free to check out other episodes and subscribe to keep up with the latest ones. It's been clear ever since she released her self-produced first solo album, Violet Touch, 15 years ago, that Australian guitarist Orianthi was destined to light up stages around the world. Since that time, she was personally picked by Michael Jackson for his This Is It concerts and appears in the film. She toured the world with Alice Cooper twice and then teamed up with former Bon Jovi guitarist Richie Sambora for four years of recording and touring in their group RSO. Her fourth and latest solo album is called O. It's her first in seven years and is due out November 6th, and it showcases her dazzling six-string skills and signature penchant for combining bluesy licks, hard rock attitude, and some pop hooks. Outside of the studio and offstage, Orianthi loves cooking and traveling. For this episode of Side Jams, we discussed how she grew up with the Greek cuisine of her grandmother, her current pescatarian diet, her passion for creating feasts for family and friends, and how she makes sure to truly see the world while she's out on tour. From those topics, our conversation veered into the overall life lessons and wisdom she has accumulated throughout her journey in music, and how she has found balance in her life while continuing to reaffirm her love for guitar. I had read that you actually like cooking and traveling. I do. I'm a big cook, yes, because um, I'm half Greek. So growing up with a Greek grandma, she's from Greece, I started cooking at a very early age, and I really enjoy it. I'm actually going to be starting a cooking show really soon, too. I've been saying that for a long time. But really? Now's a perfect time, yeah. So we're going to start filming that pretty soon and uh, put some stuff up because um, it's going to be pretty funny, but I love cooking. I'm, a, you know, I'm really passionate about it. Everyone that knows me, my dear friends everybody, my family, I'm always just putting on like large sort of Viking feasts for everybody. So I'm like, come around and, you know, I just like to cook up and especially a meditation for me too, because um, you get lost in it, you know, and that's all you focus on. It's just like preparing everything and making good, healthy meals and bringing people together. And it's something that I grew up doing with my family. It's just like being around like a lot of food and it was pretty healthy. I mean, you know, Greek food's pretty healthy, but I just love it. I really do. And so I try to make like healthier alternatives to things as well. Like people like hot dogs. So I make it with whether it be the stuff with no nitrates and just like whole wheat buns and different, you know, things. Or I do like the, the, yeah. the po, like first, what do you call it? Like it's, you know what I mean? Like the um, meatless kind of situation. So I kind of do different things. I love making pizzas from scratch. Everyone loves my sea bass. I mean, I'm pretty much a pescatarian. Like I do, I was completely vegan for a while. So I was cooking right. a lot of vegan dishes, but you know, I'm a runner. I'm really into fitness as well and all that kind of stuff. So I run about six miles a day 
uh, to eight miles and um, being vegan doesn't really support that for me. I'm curious how come being vegan. Um, well, no, I mean, I mean, as far as the running, you said it doesn't fit your running lifestyle. It doesn't eating way too many beans, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, not the most social of uh, foods because you know, you need protein, especially the thing is I started running quite some time ago, but when I went vegan and I was running like, I think it was like seven miles, eight miles a day up to nine. I was very thin. I actually was like 92 pounds at one point and I was eating a lot, right? But I just wow. couldn't eat anymore. You know, there's just so, there's so many avocados. You can eat so many things. So I just got to have my salmon. I've got to have the meat and everything. And I just feel better for it. But that's not saying that it doesn't work for a lot of other people to be completely vegan. You know what I mean? It's just your body type. So you know, I went to a doctor, like a holistic doctor, to get your blood type samples. And I see what you're allergic to, what's good for you. And um, it really changed me, like my, my life really and, and how the way I feel because before I was eating a lot of dairy, I was eating a lot of things that made me not feel well, you know, and I didn't know why. So I highly recommend you to go do that and check it out because um, I have a little passion for, for cooking and all of that. But now I cook foods that I enjoy it, but I feel good afterwards as well. Well, that's something I think that the family meal is a ritual that seems to be disappearing, at least in American life. Yeah. I don't know about other countries, but it feels like there you hear less and less. So I'm, during the pandemic, it's obviously very different. People are together probably way too much now. <laughs> yeah. What was the family dining ritual like when you were growing up? Oh, I mean, my grandma would always cook a lot. Um, my parents were working a lot. And so my mom would be cooking on the weekends and cook as much as she could during the week. You know, she came home earlier, but yeah, it was off and on. And, and, and so I'd be got home from school and I would be hanging out with my grandma and she'd be teaching me how to cook Greek meals and, and different things. And, um, and then my mom taught me as well. So it was a combination and, um, we would all get together, especially, you know, over the weekends and just sit at a big, you know, long table with everyone there. And then would have like get togethers with, you know, aunties, uncles, cousins, friends, and a real togetherness vibe, you know what I mean? Like just enjoying food together, but just having good conversations, just connecting, um, having fun I mean, and, and sharing. There's a lot of love there. And I think that having that, you know, it is lost today because we have our phones, which are always with us. And different things are distracting and, and that connection is sometimes lost. And getting back to just, I mean, I like to turn off my phone here and there. You know, yeah. and people get annoyed with me, like, why aren't you responding? Why aren't you? Because it's like, I need to disconnect. You know what I mean? It's like, you just got to be present. And right, I think this whole situation of 2020, what has happened, is that people have sort of gone, okay, well, it's like, what means the most to you? You know what I mean? And that's the thing. I, I see a lot of my friends and just people around going, really taking a, a look at their lives and kind of just analyzing, like, you know what I mean? Your friends, your so like, everything, like, what? means the most because there's just so, so much uncertainty going on right now yeah and so yeah i just think that connection is a really important thing so hanging out with the people that just you love to be around that high your vibrations and the ones that don't eliminating them out of your life that sounds really harsh but but yeah kind of doing that <laughs> well you know it's funny and when i was talking to jeff pilson about meditation about toxins you know there are people that qualify for that i mean it, it's as I'm getting older and you're seeing, especially the immaturity of, of my, I'm Gen X, my generation on Facebook and things like that, I get to a certain point like, you know, I may have known certain people a while, but you just got to get to a point you have to decide what's, is it worth the effort? 
yeah. There's not many of those people I've had in my life ever. I've actually been very selective with the people I, I let in. I know a lot of people, but the people that are close to me are very special. Same. Uh, and honestly, that's what I've actually been doing this year. And the ones that have kind of gone away or, you know, you kind of find out that who your true friends are, I think. You know what I mean? Like this year has been definitely that for me. I found who's really there, who's just all for themselves, who's, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, the parties aren't happening. You know what I mean? The concerts aren't happening. The, the hangouts yeah. aren't. So I see who has, you know, you know what I mean? Like before it was like, come and hang out at this Sunset Marquee. I'm going to be playing with all these people. And then people come along, right? And it's this whole party thing. And then when, and yeah, it's definitely been very interesting for me to find out who the real ones are. And, and also how I feel about people in my life and just everything. So it's been a very centering kind of weird year. And I can't believe it's already, it's nearly over too. It's like, it's crazy. So. You have to be careful. You have to judge people, especially if they don't love your sea bass. That's it. Well, that's <laughs> the main thing. You know, that's the main thing. If people don't like my sea bass, there's a door. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what was your grandmother's signature dish and did you learn it? You know, she made a lot of different Greek dishes, especially like there's this, uh, this Greek dish that she makes all the time. And, and, uh, what was it called? It's like this, uh, gosh, now it's gone from my head right now. Um, <laughs> the name of it but it's like it's an egg whites right and you and you beat the egg whites and you put it on top of this rice and chicken mm. stock um it will come to me and someone will tell me what it is and my sister just made it the other day but it's really good and she taught me how to make that and then a ton of just different things like how to cook chicken properly with the right seasoning how to make euros and all that stuff i mean i i, I love all that stuff obviously when when you have been on the road a lot because you've toured a lot how much cooking can you get done? How much do you cook for yourself? On the road, it depends. I mean, um, some of the time, you know, you get hotel rooms that actually have many kitchens in them, right? Or the bus, you know, you can microwave stuff and sort of prepare things. So I usually go into like Whole Foods is my thing and I put together salads or I put together different things. And, you know, I mean, it's really hard, obviously, on the road to cook, you know, because I mean? you have a full-on kitchen. But I sort of make do with what I can on, on the bus or even um, before shows. I go into catering and see if they can prepare things for me a certain way. And I sit there with the chef and I used to do it all the time and go in there. And before I was obsessed with eating chicken and I was in the road with a sweeper. And then prior to that too, everyone was like just tons of chicken. Like, I don't know. And I just stopped eating it because of the fact that I love animals a lot and the way that they're treated. And just, I watched this horrendous documentary actually, um, which put me off eating meat for the rest of my life. Wow. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it came up actually, my mum came over and she was sitting with me and she was like, oh, God. And, and I was just feeling nauseous. And, I mean, she she continues to eat meat. It didn't affect her as much. Only because she needs it, I guess, like the iron and everything. But, and, and, you know, I just feel better not not eating chicken or red meat or anything. I just do. But as I said, everyone's different. And I will still cook it for other people, you know. Um, yeah. I don't judge anyone for what they eat because I'm not like, you know. I can sometimes be like the food police, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and I'm like that with like my partner and, and my, you know, my family. When I go home, I'm like, what are you eating? What's this? And, you know, they, they get all mad with me. They're like, just let me do what I want to do. And I'm going, okay, just saying, you know. I think this pandemic, especially now, I and mean, people, people are still going out to eat here in New York. I mean, my girlfriend and I have gone out to a few places outside, not many. We're still fairly wary of a lot of the setups. Do you think this pandemic is going to affect the way people view cooking? When, like when they're going to restaurants and the type of food they're being served. Yeah, I mean, you know, this whole thing is like, I got really freaked out actually with eating 
out and, and ordering takeout, right? For, I don't even know, in the past, like, three or four months, I started eating takeout, right? But it took me a lot. Even the first thing of, like, sushi I ordered, I was, like, freaked out, like, washing everything. I'm going, like, okay. Yeah. But apparently it doesn't live on food. So I don't know. It's just like washing your hands, taking it out of the packaging. I haven't actually eaten out at a restaurant yet. So I've just taken, I've just ordered in. We've done a lot of that actually. And you know, we, we sort of wiped down everything and all the plastic containers and everything. Cause you just, you just don't know. As you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you. So as you get older, your body reacts to food differently and you really start, you can tell when you've gone to a good restaurant, if you're feeling fine afterwards and nothing affecting oh, you yeah. at all. I mean, it's amazing. As you get older, your body starts to tell you things more. When you're younger, you can have like in your twenties, you can have the iron stomach. True. I used to eat KFC and McDonald's every night after playing wow. at a cover man. When I quit school and I was 15, I'd be playing out and, you know, Australian pubs until I was until like 3 a.m. And then McDonald's is open, right? So you go past there or KFC and then you just, and I was eating so much stuff. I even had a deep fryer. My mother bought me one for my birthday. I said, I want a deep fryer because I used to deep fry everything. And it was just like crazy. And, and I guess I just had a good metabolism and I didn't, it's just eating and drinking bourbon and just, it was terrible. Wow. My lifestyle <laughs> was awful. And then I decided to go completely vegan when I was like 19. 20 and then I changed again and started eating chicken again and I stopped drinking and I stopped I was just a complete health freak and then I started drinking martinis again when I was like 24 25 and I met up with uh, Dave Stewart actually it was really funny we went we did this uh I think it was called well it was actually sat up to cancer we had a dinner that night it was Stevie Wonder it was uh Tina McBride a bunch of people Chris Christopherson that's a motley crew yeah and we're all sitting around having dinner and they had you know martinis i'm like all right i'll have one. Oh my god after that i was like okay martinis was my jam like for a while and so i, I appreciate did, that and you know what? i still <laughs> do have my occasional martini i do enjoy that but yeah i just got really stuck into drinking a lot again and then after shows and then i just was like you know oh, i feel like crap you know what i mean it's like we just fall into that thing of okay played the show let's all celebrate and hang out you know especially alice cooper tour and then you know my own stuff after that or whatever and having friends over, and when you get home from tour, the party doesn't stop. The party actually begins more, right? Because people know, okay, you've made a lot of money. You know, you're you're home. You're, you're uh, you know, I had this really amazing apartment at the time, like right in West Hollywood. It was party central. It was like go over to Ari's place, like just you know what I mean. It was just yeah. food, drinks, guitars, music, everything, and it was a nonstop party for for a long time actually for me. And then I was just like worn out. Because a lot of people came over for the wrong reasons too. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's come over. Let's play some of my guitars. A lot of my guitars got damaged. My apartment was damaged. Like things were smashed. It was just, it was awful actually afterwards. Because I, I, you know, you you just go, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) It's it's hard to judge well, yeah, in this business, especially once you get to your level. You know, you have to be careful who you pick as a friend. Yes. I've always been very careful even now. I'm a private person. I like to go out. I don't tend to have people over that much. Mm-hmm. I like my stuff. And New York is more of a going out kind of a city anyway. Yeah, absolutely. When you've cooked on the road and on ho- at home, are there, I'm assuming the types of things you cook in those two places are very different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously when you're traveling overseas and doing different things and uh, I always go into uh, catering and I have a certain you know dietary kind of thing to change all the time. But at first it was like burnt chicken with vegetables and different things and rice and this kind of stuff and and then uh, it changed again to salmon and then it changed again and I just had all these different things I had this like 
endorsement with this perky jerky it was called, right? It was like jerky with um, like caffeine in it. And I used to have it all the time. And, I, you know, everything just changed. Like, honestly, throughout the years, I go through phases immensely. So, um, but now, you know, everything's very balanced through experience and what works. And um, I can't wait to start doing a cooking show really soon. What kind of things you'd like to cook on the show? Well, it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> have you been cooking in the past? Maybe that's not on the show, but stuff that you normally like to cook. Oh, I mean, as I said, like pizzas from scratch. I yeah. love making, you know, different sort of whether they be even vegan pizzas or they be like, you know, people obviously love a lot of cheese on their pizzas. So I just do a lot of different things. And then a lot of different salmon dishes, fish. I mean, there's just a whole barrage of things from turkey burgers to everything that's kind of like from curries to casseroles to bakes. There's so many different things I'll be making, honestly. There's like a whole list of stuff I love to I love to make mahi tacos. Mm. Yeah. And sweet potato fries, a ton of things I just love that are easy to make, but are kind of just like just really healthy things, you know. Are you a dessert person? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I like to make sort of the, I guess, the, the nice cream, they call it, right? So you just get, you blend up a ton of things and you put it in the freezer. Like, I like to put like cacao with like different berries and then coconut milk and then you mix it all up and you put it in the refrigerator and it becomes this like amazing ice cream situation. So, yeah, stuff like that, but. I'm not a big dessert. I mean, carrot cake, yeah, I get some from uh, Whole Foods, which I really like. But it's got wheat in it, and I'm, I'm actually pretty much uh, gluten intolerant. So I only have it here and there. Uh, I enjoy it so much that I know that, you know, I'm going to feel like shit afterwards, but it's worth it. <laughs> well, you know, my mother is gluten insensitive. So when we went to Spain a few years ago for like 10 days or so, she could eat whatever she wanted because there's none of that Monsanto stuff over there. There isn't GMOs. It was yeah. such a huge difference. And when you're cooking overseas, do you find that there's things and things you can make that you can't make over here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, in Australia, too. It's very different um, from even here in America. What well, would be like one example of maybe something you, it's easier, better, easier for you to cook somewhere else or better for you to cook somewhere else? Um, God, I mean, just buying food sometimes in Australia, like even like going to the supermarket and buying fruits and buying vegetables, it's just different from buying them here. I don't know why. It's the grounds or whatever it is. <laughs> doesn't have to be organic, but things are just like, they're just different. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. They taste different. The meat tastes different in Europe for sure. Europe for sure. I mean, you know, I love Rome and traveling around and, and going to different restaurants there and finding these little like family owned like restaurants in Italy. And, you know, they just cook incredible like gluten-free pasta things or just like anything you want really. And, and it's amazing because they're old family recipes, you know. Are you someone who likes to cook like big elaborate meals or, or are you more of the quick and easy or is it kind of in the middle? Is there a certain time frame that you have that you have available to cook? Yeah, usually it's on the fly. Like, it's funny. Some days I'd be like, you know, I'm in a cooking mood. So I just did a banquet. And when I used to get off the road before, I, I'm pretty like erratic sometimes. It's like, you can pulse and I'm like, hey guys, I just cooked up a feast. Who's around? And, and uh, then I'd have like 10 people over. You know what I mean? Like, because I would have the impulse to just cook up a banquet. And it would be within a few hours. I'm like, all right, I'm putting on dinner tonight. You guys want to come around? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. So, you know, and sometimes it's planned. Like, okay, this weekend I'm making a, a feast of like just so many different things. It'd be like, you know, from Chinese food to like, I would do everything, literally like tacos and pizzas and, oh. and then I would grilled fish. And then I would do maybe like roasted chicken with like lemon and then capers and all this different stuff. And then I would do, it's amazing this pita bread I do with like this Greek seasoning and tzatziki like dip and everything on the side and then like 
just so much stuff. And the, the baked sea bass I did was really good with um, these lemon peppered potatoes, which I put like, I don't know, I just love doing all that kind of stuff and different salads and kale and cranberry and apple. And I just like mix things up, you know, it's all about color and for it to look really good too, you know, apart from it tasting really good. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Like, I'm not a wine drinker, so I've never understood the whole wine pairing thing. Is that something you're into? Or like, if you do your show, are you going to have to sort of do the wine pairings with whatever food you're making? I'm not a big wine drinker either. I think I did, what happened was when I was younger, uh, I used to play different weddings and stuff like that. We used to go out to the country and they used to give us a lot of red wine and I'm just over it. <laughs> I, <get so> drunk. <laughs> I used to get so drunk when I was like 16, 17, like drinking this wine. And then uh, now it's just like white wine is nice here and there, you know, but it's not like, oh, I need a glass of wine. You know what I mean? If it's like, oh, I need a drink, then it's a shot of vodka or something. It's a shot of tequila. Like I get straight to the point. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I don't have the time. Like, Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like the thing is, if, so if I go, I need a drink, like it's been a stressful day, which is here and there. I'm not going to drink wine. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, you have a shot or two or something. That's, that's for me anyway. I guess over the years, my liver is just like, I need something strong, you know, at this point, you know, to actually for it to do anything. That's why I just kind of refrain from drinking mm. as much as I can. Mm. I'm more into like edibles and stuff like that, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I think CBD has changed my life, to be honest. How so? Stuff like that. I got rid of my migraines, got rid of um, my sleeping problems, a ton of things. Like, and people look down upon it like, oh, you know, you, you do. It's like, no, I don't smoke when I wake up and I can bake or anything like that by any means but to fall asleep i do take these like gummies that have cbd in them and indica and it just puts me you know what i mean especially when yeah, i've got yeah. my work done and whatnot i don't do it before like business calls or like performances where i'm just like stoned out of my mind like some people can and that's great and i don't judge anyone i don't know it's a weird thing it's like no one's died from doing weed people have died from drinking people have died from smoking to me a cigarette yeah. but there's this thing that's associated with it you know what i mean it's bizarre actually i find it to be very weird um well, but- alcohol is like the worst drug possibly in, in some cases because people consume it more on a regular basis and do a lot of stupid things and it, it, it kills your brain cells after a while yeah and and with weed no one's died from it unless they just have a crazy idea and go with it you know what I mean? like oh i'm so stoned i'm gonna jump out of a plane without a parachute or something you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, no one's done anything. No one's, like, smoked so much weed or, you know what I mean, have too many edibles that died. I just fall asleep. So, yeah. Well, I think also touring with Alice Cooper, I mean, he's he's a rocker with a reputation, but he's straight-laced. I mean, you know, he takes it, he takes what he does seriously. He already knows about all the craziness from the past, and now it's all about the music. Yeah. So I imagine that was a good training ground for you. Oh, absolutely. Alice is one of the most level people that I've ever met really in this industry because he's been through it all i mean you know he's he was in a he told me he was like in a mental ward one point you know um and he went through a lot of crazy ups and downs but an incredible incredible person incredible entertainer just everything that you know i learned he gave 110 percent in the same mood every day 
and he's got his shit together, like completely together and has for a very long time. His family are amazing. The band are amazing. I had the most incredible time with Alice and, and everybody and just so professional, you know what I mean? And as I said, you can go through crazy times in the seventies or whatever, yeah. but, um, Alice now, I mean, he's just a solid human being, performer, artist, everything. He just taught me to be, I mean, he encouraged me to be the best I could be and just and get better and better. And I always look at Alice and Michael Jackson and all these people like just as huge inspirations yeah. and role models because they just have been through it all and they kept so centered and um, together and professional. And that's what it's all about. I know. I think it's cool, you know, and I, I mean, I'm enjoying the new album, you know, it's, it's, I like, I like your rockier stuff, the rockier mm -hmm. stuff. And, and it's interesting though, because then there's a track, I wanted to point out that there was a track company, which has a bit of that atmospheric vibe, which makes me think of Violet Journey going back way to the early days. Oh yeah. Yeah. That record I made myself in my home studio and did everything myself actually for that record. It, sound, it sounds really good. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of shocked. It's not on Spotify. Oh, uh, Violet Journey. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, you know what? I'm actually going to remaster that. There's a few things I want to change sound-wise because I, you know, I did it on a roll in 2480 myself, and uh, it's pretty old school. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people have been asking about that record, and they really want to own it. So that could be in the works later. I want to look at doing that for sure. I know you said you like to you like to travel. I mean, do you get to actually see the world? Some people get to see the tour bus in the back of a venue, but do you actually actively go out and sightsee and do things, or take side trips while you're out on the road? Yeah. As much as possible, for sure. Um, it's good to have a few days here on and off. And, um, you know, especially in Japan. I've seen a lot of Japan. I love that. Tokyo. I brought my sister out a lot. You know, she came out to uh, France with me and Germany and Switzerland and Hawaii and Nashville and L.A. And Japan. she's been every, she's been pretty much around the world with me, my sister. And um, having friends come out to drive out. It's nice to have a few days off. You can experience a city, have a feel for it before you play some shows. Absolutely. You think it actually helps with your performances sometimes to be plugged into the culture that you're in at that moment? It makes you more present, for sure. That way you know your audience and, and where they're from and have a more sense of sense of the place than it just being another show, for sure. I remember I got sent on a junket to Denmark to interview a band, and I, at the last morning I was there, I found out there was a museum with a Magritte exhibit, and I would basically have about enough time to go there and back and then get to the airport. And I'm like, oh, screw it, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what would have happened if I had missed that train? Like, have you ever done anything like that where you just really cut it close because you had to see something? Yeah, quite a few times. But for some reason, I've always <laughs> made the plane, except for one time in Nashville. I don't know what happened. And I was making the record with Dave Stewart. And um, uh -oh. me and my sister, we were looking at something. I remember what it was, some exhibit. Because I have so much stuff going on in that airport. I don't even know. I think someone was playing, or I don't even know what was yeah. going on. And we missed a play. <laughs> that was the only time. It was really funny. Uh, but, you know, got a plane later anyway, so it worked out. But that was the only time I can really recall missing something. <laughs> when, I, when I go on a trip, I try to plan everything out. Because I have some friends that will like, you know, they say, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. I'm like, no, I actually kind of like, well, do want to have a basic idea of what I'm doing. Because I don't want to waste the time when I'm actually, do you ever, do you ever have a set itinerary? Or do you just kind of go with the flow and just walk out of the hotel? Yeah. I'm Which is what I do initially, actually. I'm pretty much like that. Like, you know, for me, a day consists of like getting up, eating like a beast because I eat a lot of food in the morning, having my coffees, doing my emails, sorting out some stuff, going to the gym for about an hour or something. Right. Getting half ready, go out for a walk, right, for about an hour or so, check out the 
place I'm at, get back, get ready for sound check, get ready for the show, play the show. That would be a usual day. You know what I mean? Like I like it like about an hour or so, a couple of hours to just check out the city with my assistant or band, whatever, you know, and just going out, security, depending on which place we're at, you know. Um, Alice Cooper used to love walking around and shopping for hours. That would be his thing before a show. Really? So we would join him with that, you know, after he's playing golf every day. And then for me, like when I'm on the tour by myself, like with my band, it would be, let's go to a mall, let's go to the gym first, and then, um, you know, just check out different places. So it always be very random, really. But I, I have my set routine for myself, like which is a lot of food, a lot of coffee, workout, walk, and then I'm good. What's the most unusual place you've discovered on, on tour or even on a trip? God, um, so many different places. I mean, we toured extensively around Germany for uh, uh, Rock Meeks Classic. I think we went to every city in Germany. It was like a month's tour. Alice Cooper, myself, and an orchestra. Uriah Heap and a bunch of people. Oh, wow. I love them. Yeah, and my sister came on that. We were in um, a bus, and we went to so many different places. And I actually had, had <laughs> went to this one city which I'd never heard of before. And I had my wisdom tooth pulled out before a show. Ouch. <laughs> it was a crazy <laughs> set. I didn't even know. What, but it had amazing museums. I remember we were going to a museum. had all these old instruments and old paintings and stuff. And then I had a really bad pain in my tooth. And I'm like, with my sister, I'm like, holy shit. I have to go see a, de- a dentist. And they were like, got to put, get this thing wrenched out. And I was like, no, not before a show. And then and it was really dramatic and crazy, but uh, we got to check out this really cool city, which I cannot remember the name of it. And then I get my wisdom tooth wrenched out, and I played that show on German Painkillers. Oh. I can't remember a couple of those shows, but... <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was the time you didn't intend to be high, and you were like, whoa. Yeah, that was strong, got to tell you. Holy shit. <laughs> well, and you're someone who, it sounds like you sound like you like to be present in whatever you're doing. I do, and thank God touring with Alice extensively I have muscle memory for all those songs so being on those painkillers for you know a couple of days because my face was swollen I thought they, they wrenched it you know and actually <laughs> the lady when she wrenched it out she didn't speak any English and she, she like wrenched it out she goes oh fuck you know like fuck <laughs> she holds, holds my tooth up right bleeding oh. and I nearly pass out like it was horrendous and then they give me the, the German painkillers and then I had to play the show and my face was like literally like bruised and swollen for like two or three days actually from that experience. Um, yeah, that was interesting. But as I said, I knew the songs so well that I still played them perfectly, uh, even though I was I was out to lunch somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Tying in your love of cooking and traveling, I mean, is there sort of an itinerary you have to try new food, or there's things that probably certain things you can't eat since you said you're you're wheat sensitive. So like, is is there a methodology you have when you're out on the road picking places to eat? Definitely. I just, I look up health food places or I ask like the local runners or people that are helping out catering, like where's the health food store that I can go down and get, you know, a bunch of stuff from. And they usually guide me there or take me there. And I stock up, fill up the uh, tour bus with healthy vegan snacks and different things. You know what I mean? Like I just, I love that. You know, that stuff makes me happy, which is weird, but I like it. (laughs) What was the most unusual meal you ever had on, on a trip? Probably like quail eggs, Scandinavian food in Japan. I, it was really weird. We really? were in Japan for some event and then I was starving and then the, the promoter wanted to celebrate at a Scandinavian restaurant in Japan and they served us quail eggs raw as the appetizer with this strange, strange situation. I don't know what the fuck it was. 
be honest. I didn't eat it. I was so <laughs> hungry. And my sister was there too. And we we're like, we're like, oh my God, what is this? And everyone was like fucking starving. And then they brought out these other things. Like, you know, the, the little like entrees and the meals come out in like 10 different servings. It's like oh, yeah. little plates and it's very it's like artistic. Yeah, it's like little like artistic things. I'm like, <laughs> at that point when you're really hungry, you're like, yeah, I just want food. I want like good food, like a nice big freaking filet of like salmon with some fucking freaking rice and vegetables and things and bread and you know that'd be nice not little quail eggs with freaking sauces and delicate i don't even know what the hell i was eating crickets i don't even know um well you're adventurous <laughs> oh you were yeah, hungry <laughs> but not like that 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 stuff freaks me out i'm like no 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 it's not meant to be eaten like i just didn't grow up eating that i suppose i suppose if you grow up eating crickets and quail eggs and and frogs and stuff like that then you're used to it right and it's not yeah. weird but it's weird very weird. I know. Tying all this stuff together, like between the cooking and traveling and touring and being a musician, if you were to talk to a younger musician that wanted to follow in your footsteps to explain to them about the business, but also being able to appreciate life in general, is there any sort of advice that, from everything that you've learned as far as being able to balance all of these different things together? Finding inner peace is the most important thing because if you take upon everything that everyone says to you, whether it be good or bad, it's all a projection, right? So take nothing personally. Just keep on reminding yourself as to why you're doing it. And when you pick up that guitar for the first time, you pick up the piano or the drums, the innocence behind that and the reason why you play it. And you sit alone. And I have to do this sometimes. I sit alone with no distraction. I turn off my phone, sit with my guitar. And I go, this, this is why I'm in this industry for, because I love playing the guitar. I love creating. This brings me peace. It makes me feel aligned. It brings me light energy, purpose. I think that if you get caught up with other people and other things, it's very toxic. And I've fallen victim to that many times and I can get wound up like nobody. I can, you know, people can, and this used to happen to me a lot before. People used to love to push my buttons, do different things on my team, knew how to get to me, right? Knew it because coming off a, you know, playing from Australia and being thrown into a major label situation where, you know, label spending like millions of dollars on things and you have a team of people you're paying like thousands of dollars to stylists and hair and, and they get in your head and it's their own insecurity, but they put it on you. So you make them, makes you feel like you need them around. Right. Mm, and they do this whole play and it's like insanity on the high seas. And then you go, no, I don't need this. I could, I don't need any of this. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you can do your own hair and makeup. You can do your own, everything but it's nice to have the help of course and all that stuff but when these people come into your life and they start putting seeds of insecurity into you it's i see it happen to so many people around and it happened to me it's a weird play and everyone's got their own shit right but i think that it's important to find inner peace i cannot stress that enough and i would tell my younger self to do that instead of reacting because i used to react a lot more than i do now now i just like go Okay, give it a minute. Okay, figure it out in my head as opposed to, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing out of anxiety. Yeah. Because it can get built up. And as an artist, we take on things. And I'm an empath. I take on other people's stuff as well. So it's like I feel everything on a, on a, on a deep level, as a lot of people do. But when you take that on all the time, it's very draining. It's very draining. So it's about preserving your energy, being there, being a good friend, being a a good you know leader and, and boss and everything when it comes to like going out on the road and having 
the right people around you and just knowing having oh you got a few dogs going on there yeah you can hear them in the background <laughs> what the kind of dogs have you got they're not mine actually it's my next door neighbors but we literally you know i can just see right into their driveway oh it's funny <laughs> some of the plots here so yeah <laughs> sorry about that oh no it's all good I, I miss my dogs in australia actually i have a pomeranian and a bichon and i've actually bought them out here but i was on tour so i had to send them to my parents they take care of them right now i have a cat out here so when was the last time you saw your dogs um i saw them about god about 10 months ago yeah like 11 months ago something like that yeah wow. that'll be a reunion yeah they're getting older now they're about 17 years old so oh, wow. pretty old like hundreds i think <laughs> getting back to saying you were saying about not taking things personally and kind of just sort of uh yeah re- thinking things thinking things through and not reacting right away Absolutely. The Four Agreements is a great book. And I recommend that to anybody that wants to really find in a piece and, and make sense of a lot of things around and, and different perception on reality. Because I think once you change your perception, everything else can change around you. Like less paranoia, less, oh, I have to be a certain way. Just be you. You know what I mean? There's only one of all of us, right? So we've all got, a, we've all got different things we've got to figure out and fight and battles and you know, everyone's got different shit. So I think that honestly being kind to each other and just being accepting and living with an open heart and um, unless you're an asshole, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I'm pretty much, hey, my heart's open and, and I tend, I try to like and love everyone that I can, but except for the assholes. And there are quite a few people that are just very dark energy and very bitter and have just yeah. fallen into that pit and you just can't allow that energy into your circle. It's very, uh, it, it can fuck up your life. I can honestly say that. It really can. And you don't want to waste anyone's time and you don't want people to waste yours. Exactly. And I imagine that means also when you're doing a lot of your adventures away from the venue on tour, when you're doing cooking and everything else, that's also therapeutic to help clear your mind. Absolutely. So, you know, I hang out with people that are upbeat generally and just have a similar sort of view on life and things that I do. So, yeah. So now you have a cooking show, and then eventually we're going to have just your own guide to life. It'll just be a separate YouTube channel with your your philosophy. Like a Russell Brand thing. <laughs> 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 I think what he's doing is great, actually. I, I actually met up with uh, Russell Brand at the Music Cares, and I told him I thought it was great because he's such a you know great personality and the way that he explains things and how is his spiritual journey and how to center yourself and how to deal with different situations, you know, in different ways. And I think it's really interesting. And I think that a lot of, he has a lot of followers because of the way, you know, everything that he's been through and how he's changed his life around and all of that. So, yeah. I saw him do a, his stand, like a one-man show out here on Long Island a few years ago, and it was interesting, especially because it's a more conservative audience out here, and he was kind of making fun of the Fox News crowd. But they seem yeah. to take it okay. But he kind of just walked out into the audience, walked over people's rows. He just kind of gets out there, and he's not afraid of people. No. Um, but he's also trying to tell you that, you know, maybe you need to think about things a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that's the way that I think that as you get older, um, when I was actually really, I think I was about 13, 14, I was very spiritual. I was into all of that kind of stuff. And then as soon as I kind of moved over to America and got stuck in the circus of crazy people, to be honest with you, yeah, and the crazy circus. I, you know, I'm not going to say that I didn't have some depression, anxiety issues, all this stuff. I had to sort out because I was like, "What the hell is going on?" You know what I mean? It's like you got to be perfect, you got to be this, you got to be that, and you never feel good enough, right? And and then it's just like, wait a second, who am I trying to be here? Like, 
you know, and it's just like the bar is always put higher and higher and you're working with a bunch of narcissistic assholes sometimes and, and some people are lovely, but it's just finding those lovely people that hire a high vibe kind of group to be around and um, all of that because it's not easy. And then you get the trolls online as well. Oh, yeah. I'm over that. Yeah. There's a lot of crap there. So generally now I just go, oh, well, that person's miserable, clearly. And they say mean things. I'm going, well, if I don't like something, I just don't pay attention to it. Whatever. So the people that just put so much hate and energy into things that I don't like, I'm going, guys, there's something wrong with you. Nothing wrong with me. Like, if you don't like what I'm doing, then go find something else. But the fact that you're actually writing, spending the time to write how much you hate what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> what, else, what else are they doing right now? I mean, it's yeah. It's... I mean, what are you doing? But you could be putting that energy into something fabulous if you think I'm so awful. <laughs> you know? This is the immaturity of our times. This is why I. I, I it makes know. me laugh though. I'm like going. Some people would go to great lengths to write small novels to me on how much they dislike something I've done, or you know, oh, she's just a girl guitar player, or she's you know, what I mean, she's getting attention because she's a girl and. And, yeah, and, and it was just so yeah. funny and all this other stuff. I'm going, okay, awesome, great, whatever. If you don't like anything, just go and go, go and bask in something you do like, for God's sakes. Life is short. Like, why are you, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know. Weird. It actually makes me kind of weird it out. Well, you, you, it sounds like you have, you found mentally, you found the, and emotionally, you found the right balance now to deal with things. Yeah, so, it's like I just kind of have given less shits about things. You know what I mean? As you get older, you have less shits to give. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, I found more peace in that. And I, and the things I care about, I really care about. And things that just, you know, I don't really, I was just like, I just want to focus on that. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for chatting. I thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for talking about other things. You know, it's, it's great. I really appreciate that. That wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will be coming soon. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. As always, thank you very much for listening. Music